Welcome back to the School Food Rocks podcast. This is your host, Joe Urban. And on today's show, I'm going to have my friends Matthew Cotton and Brian Burris from Hobart Warewash on the show. We're going to talk all things Hobart. We're going to talk about their legacy, some of the innovative things they're doing, and we're going to dive deep into sustainability practices and how Hobart Warewashing can help your school district improve in those efforts. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to the School Food Rocks podcast. This is going to be a great show. I got two of my good friends from ITW Food Equipment Group, the Hobart Warewash Division, joining me. Got my longtime friend, Brian Burris, with me. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And we also got Matt Cotton here. He's a sales development manager for the K-12 segment. How you doing, Matt? Hey, Joe, I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, I've been getting a lot of questions lately about dish machines and benefits of having them versus using disposable plates in schools. So this is going to be a good podcast. Let's uh, let's get into it. Um, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Brian, go first. Tell us a little bit about Brian, your your personal life and how long you've been with uh, Hobart. Sure. Uh, thanks, Joe. I live in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, cover the entire state of South Carolina, and I've got a little part of North Carolina, a little part of Georgia. I've uh, been with ITW. It'll almost be 21 years. Um, uh, well, it, it actually is. will be 21 years next this time next month. And um, so just stay busy calling on end users like yourself, calling on dealers. Uh, I'm married and have two boys, uh, ages uh, 14 and 11. So they, they keep us busy with their athletic uh, sporting events and whatnot. So busy life, but I lo- love every minute of it. Excellent. I, me- I remember when I met you for the first time. You remember who introduced us together? Uh, Eileen Staples. Yes. Eileen yes, says, director. Yeah, Eileen says, hey, Joe, I got, I got this guy, Brian, coming in today. You're going to love him. Uh, just an <laughs> awesome guy. Just had a baby, so that, that tells me when I met yeah, you. Well, was... and that, that baby is now five foot ten and almost 15 years old. Yes, sir. It goes quick. <laughs> That's good. It goes and quick. so, Matthew, how about you, sir? Yeah, so actually, uh, I, I have nothing on, on you or Brian. Uh, this is actually my, my uh, 14th month with Hobart Warewash. So in comparison, uh, you know, really just a baby in the game, but uh, I, I've been in sales, you know, for the last 15 years or so. And, you know, in college, I spent a lot of time in the front of the house and in the back house at restaurants, country clubs, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, the food industry itself, not new to me, but, uh, you know, the the pleasure and the honor of working with Hobart is still fairly new for me. Actually, well, it's a, it's a good organization you guys are with. For you should sure. be proud. Absolutely. Um, highest quality out there for sure so let's talk to our audience a little bit let them know a little bit more about hobart they've been around a long time how long exactly have they been around yeah actually 125 years as of 2022 so um you know i'm from troy ohio i should add that in there so I'll, i'll admit joe that i'm i'm a bit biased but um you know hobart's been a part of this community again you know for 125 years actually started as a manufacturer of motors and you know they're really just trying to figure out hey what should we strap these motors to and when when hobart was brought up to troy uh, they originally strapped on to coffee mills and it's really just kind of grown from there um, food equipment all around right so food machines wear wash you name it you know if if it's in a kitchen, it, you know, Hobart usually has their, their hand in it somewhere. So, um, you know, proud to represent Hobart and proud to represent Troy, Ohio. And, 
you know, the community and Hobart really go hand in hand. So there's there truly is a tremendous amount of pride in here, uh, not only civically, but, you know, for to for such a small town in the middle of Ohio, for it to be the home of, you know, the premier food equipment brand is, um, you know, there's no words for it. And now, you know, we're part of ITW, so we have the backing of, you know, one of the great companies in the world. So um, a really awesome partnership for sure. Let's talk about ITW a little bit more because, uh, you know, we're we're, going to be talking about Hobart Warewashing today. But like you said, ITW Food Equipment Group is is a a much larger scope than just dish machines. So tell me a little bit about ITW as a whole. Absolutely. Well, ITW is huge. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a it's a Fortune 200 company. They're you know publicly traded. They I think I think ITW owns 16 uh, food equipment manufacturers, and then they and I think we're Matthew. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're like 13% of their uh, of what they you know of their revenue or whatever what they do. Uh, so they own you know manufacturing companies. They own an automotive industry, welding, um, measures and things like that. So it's they're they're pretty diversified. Uh, and they're based in Glenview, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago. Excellent. Yeah, and, and product lines that folks out there in the kitchen space are probably familiar with, obviously, you know, Vulcan ovens, Hobart Warewash, Hobart Food Machines, Charleston Refrigeration, Baxter Cooking. So, you know, they're Burkle, you know, those are just off the top of my head. There's a few more than maybe a little more niche, Joe. But, you know, typically if you've spent any time, you know, in a kitchen, you've, you've run across and, and hopefully been really satisfied with one of our products. Well, I've been, I've been using Hobart and Charleston and Vulcan equipment for, oh, hell, longer than I've been in Greenville. So, you know, probably 25, 30 years uh, throughout my time in schools and also in the restaurants. And um, Brian will tell you this, when, you know, when I became director, it was important for me to make good purchasing decisions that were going to mm-hmm. benefit yeah. my district long after I was gone. And uh, for that reason, you know, we, we transitioned all of our, our dish machines in, in Greenville to Hobart machines, and they've, they've been workhorses uh, throughout their time. Um, we we did a lot it. of replacement business, didn't we, Joe? <laughs> we did a lot of replacement business. I learned more about dish machines in those first five years than I ever thought I ever wanted to know. Good times. Good Good time. Time. We, we appreciate your business. We All really right. do. So let's let's talk about what what does the current state of wear wash technology look like today? Yeah, and actually this is this is kind of the perfect time to to have this this conversation, Joe. You know, uh, here next month we'll we being Hobart Wear Wash will introduce a new under counter dish machine, which, you know, typically we don't see in a K through 12 space, uh, but it is out there and incorporates our newest, latest and greatest technology. Uh, the product that I think is most exciting for, for your audience will be our new conveyor dish machine that's going to come out next May. Um, you know, the big thing for me, and, and if this is too in the weeds, let, let me know, but with our new conveyor dish machine, Joe, we're going to deline the booster heating element in the machine across the base model, the mid-tier, you know, and, and into the advances or the top of the line. So, you know, if anybody out there has experienced hard water and seen that, you know, white residue, that that white buildup on on the side of their stainless machines, you know, that's what that's what is happening in your booster heating element as well, which is what brings your water up to temperature or sanitizing temperature, which here's a little nugget of knowledge is 180 degrees. So being able to D-line that booster without having to touch any chemicals, 
you know, I know the last thing some school districts want is, you know, their employees touching caustic chemicals and, you know, dealing with, with those issues. So for us to be able to offer a machine that delimes a booster, um, it, it, it really is just kind of resetting the bar. And hopefully, you know, if folks out there are, are, are Googling this stuff or, or looking it up, you know, it's one of those things that might not seem like it has a ton of value, but if you've been out there and had to replace a booster heater, not only is your machine down, so that means you're not washing dishes, you convert it back to paper, but the replacement costs can get pretty expensive. So, you know, it's something that we're insanely excited about. We actually started a roadshow, so we're taking it across across the country here starting uh, a few weeks ago. So it's been a it's been a fun product to kind of launch and, and kick off. That's in, that now that's out currently or that's coming? No, and thanks for thanks for letting me clarify that just that'll come out in may of 2024 and then our newest under counter machine uh, kind of ache into something that you would have at home but obviously supercharged on steroids if you will that'll be available next month but typically in the k through 12 space joe you're going to see that conveyor dish machine right the 44 the 66 inch machine those are the ones that that more often than not uh you see within the k-12 space along with our with our door type machine which we launched two years ago the am-16 and um just awesome piece of technology uh, especially with our door type right we can get six sheet pans through a door type because it's extra tall it's got that 24 inch opening so um schools have just been really happy with that product especially if they have a you know a ton of prep wear that they need to get through their dish machine that's awesome and you know i don't i don't know if everybody fully appreciates the fact that these new machines are going to delime the boosters, but yeah. you never think about that until mm-hmm. the machine's yeah. not operating properly. You never think about that until the health inspectors there are saying your 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 final rinse is not uh, high enough, and you get to call maintenance in there, and it takes them forever to figure out what's really going on until they take apart that booster heater and find it, you know, full of that white crud in there. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. And deliming the booster Joe is something we've had on our flight machines for a while now, but now that we're incorporating that technology, that that feature into our C lines is going to be huge for K through 12. It really is. Awesome. That's that's exciting news, and uh, uh, I'm sure your your uh, customers are going to appreciate that for sure. Um, talk about what other what other different things you guys do to adapt to the modern needs of of schools and other uh, food service programs. Yeah, you know a big it's a pillar of ITW, not just Hobart, you know, where Wash Show is, is the idea of CBI, which is customer-backed innovation, right? When when we go meet end users like yourself or your colleagues within food service, we want to know those pain points. And, you know, that's what we develop around and we engineer around and we innovate around. You know, we don't want to be there, be like, you know, just nodding our head, checking the box, you know, K-12 is our biggest segment, Segment, pardon me. Um, you know, it, it, it's important that we meet the needs of those food service directors and, and obviously the operators of our equipment as well. So truly everything we do is built around the customer, right? You know, we have simple things like on a wash arm, right? We used to have caps on a wash arm. What would happen to those those, those screw-on caps on a, on a wash arm? They'd fall out, they'd get thrown away. So, you know, what did our engineers do? They build a wash arm that had a slide on it. That way, people don't have to worry about losing caps. And again, it's one of those things where you, you hear it and you're like, ah, oh, that, that's kind of a small thing. But to that person who couldn't operate their dish machine because they lost one plastic cap, it's a big deal, right? It's, it's one less thing they have to worry about when there's bigger, you know, bigger things taking place within a school than 
know, a cap to a wash arm. So truly it's all based around, hey, what can we do to make the experience for our end user better, our operator better? You know, we want you to name the machine, love the machine, and, and be excited to interact with it, you know, every morning when you when you get into the into the school. Well, I, I could say from experience that one of the most difficult things to happen during a school day, especially when you're very, very, very busy serving thousands and thousands of kids, is all of a sudden your machine goes down. Yeah, I tell I tell people when I train them, uh, you know, this is the most important piece of equipment in your operation. If it goes down, if you don't have a clean dish, you don't have anything. It all starts in the dish room. And it's one of those things you don't really think about. You take for granted that it's there yep. to, to help, you know, make you more efficient. And um, one of the things I love, and, and I've been getting a lot of requests from uh, different districts around the country to help them develop some sustainability practices and you know they they love to see when i post pictures of reusable trays and they're like you know how do you how do you do that we don't have we don't have the staff or machines but you know we're killing the landfill so what can you what can you tell our listeners today about how uh, an, an efficient dish machine is going to help sustainability practices for districts because that is a big buzzword right now and it's important for everybody, uh, it's important for most people around the country right now. They're putting a lot of a lot more initiatives to streamlining their their units and, and trying to find more sustainability practices. And you know, one one of my one of my uh, clients is saying, you know, but how about all the water use? You know, is it is it better for the environment to continue to throw away styrofoam or increase the amount of water we're using? And you know, obviously, I'm you know, less styrofoam we put in the landfill, the better. Yeah, and you know, Joe, I, 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 I could take this a couple, you know, a couple different different ways. You know, I think one thing that isn't often thought about when when we're talking about disposable items is the amount of water it takes to even create styrofoam. Right, hundreds and thousands of gallons go into mass producing disposable trays and disposable items in general right and not to mention the the plastic waste that goes along with it so you know I'll, I'll start with kind of the plastic waste part of it you know if every school if every school in the united states took away just two pieces of plastic away from their lunch service each day you'd eliminate 10 billion that's billion with a b pieces of plastic per school year and that's just two pieces because and we know most schools aren't just using two pieces right Oh, no. I mean, if you look at there, there's some schools, there's some districts out there around the country doing amazing, amazing work. And for one reason or another, whether it be staffing or equipment, um, you know, they're using styrofoam disposable trays. Um, and on top of those styrofoam disposable trays, they're they're pre-packaging, you know, uh, bags of apples or cups of fruit or cups of vegetables. And you know, you'll see a styrofoam tray. And then five different other components on top of that tray are, are lined in some sort of plastic. So I, I try to tell people, not only is that not the best look for their food, um, it's not great mm -hmm. for the environment. It's not the, it's not the best look for their food, but the amount of money they're spending on all those different items, they can be reinvesting back into better food. Absolutely. And, you know, I know particularly a state like California, you know, that that's more on, you know, the progressive side of sustainability uh, you know especially with their 
with their water issues. Um, I, I've had the good fortune of working with some nonprofits out, out there who, who really go into deep dives you know, on, on sustainability and they do a ton of cost analysis, you know, reusables versus disposables. Now, I, I, I'll add a caveat to this is that, you know, refuse with the way they recycle and, and, and get rid of garbage for the lack of better term, Joe, in California is probably much different than it would be, you know, in other parts of the country. So, you know, cost-wise, sometimes the the payback period, so to speak, is is a little smaller with schools in California, but certainly I think you can take this idea, you know, and, and spread it across the country. You know, I, I do a presentation at SNA shows across the country talking about reusables versus disposables. And, you know, Palo Alto, just to give an example of one one school district, you know, they took away seven foodware items and transitioned them from disposable pieces to reusable pieces and the average payback period was five months when they used one of our conveyor you know dish machines so yes there there certainly is an upfront savings i'm sorry an upfront cost that comes along with purchasing a dish machine and and you know potentially an additional person you know within you know within the kitchen but you know palo alto just use an example um within two years they were saving twenty five thousand dollars annually by making that transition away just from those seven items and there are things like trays spoons forks plastic containers with lids that's not ex- that's not an extremely long uh time to get an roi on that at all by any means no so I mean, no. from a financial standpoint that's not hard to recover from that especially over the last few years where we're, we're, you know, school districts are getting a ton of money from USDA and they have to spend it on something. So if you could spend those extra funds on uh, equipment that's going to make your, your kitchen more efficient, but also something you can get a real ROI on in just a couple of years, that's not a big deal at all. No, and, then, I, and then it's the right thing for the environment. Absolutely. And, you know, using Palo Alto's example, you know, within a year, they had four tons, so over 8,000 pounds less in waste that was going to a landfill and being sorted by someone and going through all those, you know, all those kind of laborious or labor intensive, you know, things to me, it's just, Hey, you know, that's one less thing your janitor, your facilities person has to help you out with because you're not throwing away, you know, literally thousands of dollars every day worth of trays and and things of that nature. Um, You know, just kind of put in perspective, 70 years ago, a conveyor dish machine, per rack would use over a gallon and a half of water every time you ran, you know, a rack through. Through innovation, through engineering, we've gone to 0.45 gallons per rack now in a a bare, you know, dish machine. So, you know, if you compare that, wherever that styrofoam or that plastic was produced, they used hundreds of thousands of gallons to mass produce, you know, mass produce those things in a day. So you could run your dish machine Gosh, you know, from kindergarten to 12th grade, you know, for a class, and you probably won't even come anywhere remotely close to that amount of water usage, right? And, you know, we we have technologies that take advantage of the water and the heat that's already in the machine. You know, we use the heat that you would typically lose out of the machine to heat up incoming cold water. So you, you get energy savings, you know, if you're running an electric dish machine. It's just, you know, all these things that that we focus on, 
you know, they're very forward thinking and it's something that we take a tremendous amount of pride on. Sorry if I got off on a tangent there, but I, I think they're all really interconnected in a lot of respects. No, I agree. It's, it's, you didn't get it, you know, off on a tangent. It's a very important topic, especially now when, when we're seeing more and more initiatives to move towards that way. And so there's so many school districts around the country. And you talked about you, you did some presentations at uh, ANC in Denver. Um, what are some of the initiatives that you guys have to help educate uh, school food service directors around the country? Yeah, so at, at, at HobartClean.com, Joe, you know, I'll really encourage folks to, to check out Hobart Clean and then, and then get to our blog. You know, you, you know, we're talking about the economics of it all. We have a reusable, I'm sorry, disposable tray calculator there. So you can really get a, not that most food service directors don't know what they're spending, but, you know, we have a calculator put together so you can see, you know, what type of savings could come along with transitioning to automated dish machines. Uh, you know, we have blogs about schools that we've worked with, you know, especially out in California where they they, they wanted to, to make a change. So we try to keep our blog up to date. And, you know, if there's an AN, I'm sorry, an SNA show, typically someone from Hobart Wear Washed Me, um, you know, is representing us there. And, you know, we're proud to do it because, we, we talk to folks and, and I make, I make a habit of it, Joe, you know, that you guys are educators. That's truly what you are. So I always ask food service directors, like give yourself a grade A to F, A being obviously exceptional, F being poor. How would you describe your knowledge of, of, you know, dish machines? And more often than not, it's in the C or a D range, which for me, it's understandable. You guys have, again, more important things, so to speak, going on in the day. But when you're investing a large sum of money in something, I, you know, our goal is to educate people out there so they can make informed decisions. Obviously, you know, we, we, we feel confidently that Hobart's the best option for a school district. But ultimately, we want to inform people, give them something to think about. So, you know, HobartClean.com, they can reach out to me. My, my email address is there. So feel free to bombard me with questions, you know, any of those listeners out there. But, you know, for us, it's really about education and making sure people are making informed decisions when it, when it comes to their dish machine or, or really just their, their cafeteria in general, right? We want to be, um, you know, those dish room experts, those cafeteria, those kitchen experts. That, that's what we take pride on here at ITW. Well, I, I could say from personal experience, and, and Brian was my first point of contact uh, with Hobart and Charleston, that you guys do a really, really, really good job of, of understanding the needs of individual districts, helping them um, develop solutions that make the most sense for them. You don't always try to sell the the most expensive piece of equipment that you have. You, you you guys really, really take your time to come in and understand us and hear us and understand what our challenges are and help develop solutions. And I want to talk to Brian a little bit because, you know, I've had such a long history with him. Um, mm -hmm. Brian, let's share. You've been in this game for a very, very long time. So um, <laughs> share some of your personal experience as a dishroom expert, and I can attest to a lot of it. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I sell dishwashers. That's what I do, and I'm and I'm I'm uh, enjoy doing that. But what I really enjoy is is kind of redesigning the dish room. And Joe, we've done we've done several of those uh, through the years you and I have in in Greenville County. So, you know, uh, you walk into a dish room, the the dish machine's old. People want to replace it. That's fine. But then you look around, you see the the, the dirty tabling needs to be reworked. It's not very efficient. People are not happy in the dish room that, you know, working in there gives them a headache. So what I really uh, take pleasure in is kind of doing the redesign. We can do a turnkey. We've got an install team 
in the Carolinas, they'll do all the tables, they'll do the electrical, they'll do the ventilation, all that stuff. And then what also is rewarding is when you go in and, and train the folks on the new dish machine and they thank you because uh, their life has been made a lot better by the, the new uh, dish room, if you will. It's, it's more efficient uh, and it's just less of a headache. So that's what I enjoy doing is, is kind of the redesign. And not every dish room needs to be redesigned, but a lot of times it does. And uh, it, it just makes the whole, um, the whole operation run a lot more smooth. Well, you know, I'm going to say it again. The dish room is one of those areas of the kitchens. I don't care if you're in a restaurant or in a school setting it, that you just don't really want to think about because there's so much mm -hmm. other stuff. There's 1,500 kids, 2,000 kids, 3,000 kids all, you know, running through your cafeteria in a, in a couple hours. And, you I mean, you got to please principals and teachers and kids and staff and just you re we really don't want to waste any of our time and energy worrying about the dish room itself we just take that for granted that that piece of equipment is going to be there and it's going to help us uh work mm -hmm. more efficiently so um you guys do a great yeah. job about that you mentioned the the hobart install team and i had some experiences before that some of my early bids i put out even if i specified hobart equipment um I'd never specified in the early days uh, allowing uh, Hobart install team to do the work. And depending on who got that bid was uh, how that kitchen, how that uh, dish room looked at the end of the day. So some dealers did an outstanding job with the pant legs and the, the tables and <laughs> some not so much. I remember one of them I had a, I had a dis dismantle completely and bring somebody else in there. So after a couple of years, I started taking advantage of using the Hobart install team. And what came with that was an extra six month warranty. Is that still the case? Yep. yep, absolutely. Yep. It's a huge, it's a huge, and it's, it's not just in the Carolinas. There's, there's other areas of the country that have install teams. Obviously I'm pretty biased because I, I think our guys do a tremendous job in the Carolinas and it's just a, a one-stop shop. We can come in there. We can, like I said, we can do the electrical upgrades we can do the ventilation. We can do the entire dish room. Um, and it's the more and more customers that you, that are, are taking advantage of this, the more and more that they, we get repeat business because they, they have such a good experience mm -hmm. with our guys Our guys are quick. They can typically do it in a day basically. Yeah. And, and like I said, I've, since I started doing that, I've not had to worry about one sense. Right. Um, it, so it takes the headache away from the operator. Again, I don't want to worry about the dish room. I want that, exactly. to, I want that to be done and, uh, I want to you know, focus my intention on, on uh, all the other stuff that has to be done in that kitchen to help that sure. manager, you know, so that's been, that's been great. And the other, you know, Brian, on a personal level, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I don't think I ever wanted to get the kind of wear washing education that I got over the years, but you know, with all the, with all the machines we replaced over the years, I, yeah. I, I'd learned a lot more about them than I ever really thought I wanted to learn. And, and along the way, you were very patient with me and, you know, helped me understand the, the different needs and, and, and uh, things that you guys can do for, for operators. So you were very helpful along that way. And, and, you know, Hobart's always stood behind their work no matter what, even sometimes if it was just slightly outside of warranty. So you couldn't, couldn't thank you enough. Yeah, the feelings likewise. I mean, you know, Greenville County Schools is just just a huge, huge supporter of our lines. And, and, and I consider you a personal friend and, you know, gotten to know you through the years. And it's always been a pleasure working with you guys and, and working with your facilities folks. And 
you know, going in your schools, it's funny. I, I can tell all your folks love what they do because when I go in there, they've always got a smile on their face. Uh, they're just, they're always just in a great mood. So I think that what you've done in Greenville County schools has been really tremendous for everybody. Well, I would like to take all the credit for that, but I have a feeling <laughs> that they were smiling when you walked in because you were plugging in a new machine that was going to work and make their life easier. <laughs> but I, I, I'll take I'll take some of the credit, but, you know, they, they definitely <laughs> appreciate When you came in, things got fixed, so that was good. There you go. And I'm excited for the future now that I'm, I'm leaving Greenville here in a couple months and uh, going to be working with you guys, you know, more closely with districts around the country, so... I'm excited to to help spread the awareness of of how amazing your your products are, and um, looking forward to getting more. Uh, we were talking before the podcast about a very very large district in Florida that there's a initiative now to try to improve some of their sustainability uh, projects. So um, hopefully we can make that happen. Um, but can't thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. One thing, I actually walked into a dish room uh, this morning in, in another district in South Carolina, and their dish machine had been down for four years. They're on disposables, and I got to talking to the manager, and she was so excited that they were going to get a new dish machine, and they're going to go away from disposables. So I thought I would add that little, that just popped into my head here in the past 30 seconds. So It was down for four years? Yeah, I think it was three or four years, something like that. So when I, I asked her, I said, well, are you guys, I said, are you guys hand-watching? She said, no, we're on we're on disposables, but as soon as we get the dish machine, obviously we're going to go to permanent permanent wear. So yeah, but even even if they're on disposables, that's that's for the kids' trays. You know, they're still they're yeah. still producing all those meals, and they got hotel pans and cheap pans. It's a it's a very very tough job for these mm -hmm. cafeteria staff around the country if they have all the the proper working equipment, you know, cooking equipment. They, they were excited when I told them I was there. To look at the dish machine. They were all like, "Oh, thank you." Uh, we we need a dish we need our dish machine working or we need a new dish machine yeah well that's yeah. that's good you know i i've had i've had a, a unique situation as well brian i was um i was outside indianapolis and uh, was was with a, a, another rep not quite as good as you but pretty darn good brian and uh, <laughs> we uh we, we we walked in, into the the space at hand and i i thought gosh this this is a pretty small space for a dish room. And the facilities director said, you know, it is. And that's why we wanted you guys, you know, to come in here and kind of give us a closer look. So I said, well, what, you know, what prompted you to, to want to put a dish machine in? And, and this is a junior high. I should add this caveat, by the way, this is a, a seventh and eighth grade building. And he said, it's the kids. He said, the kids were so upset and just bothered by throwing every part of their meal away. And, and wow. you know, I, I alluded to California, you know, the, it, which we kind of think of as a more progressive forward thinking state when it comes to sustainability and environment and, you know, being environmentally sound. Here I am in the middle, literally, of, of, of Indianapolis. And, and, you know, these kids see it, you know, they, they hear it all the time and, and they wanted to put it into action. So um, it was a pretty tight space, but we ended up putting, you know, one of our door style or door, door type machines there because the kids, you know, they kind of did what I did. And probably better than I did that they advocated, you know, for a change and, and, and had good, strong resources for it. And, and you know, that's not unique to Indianapolis. I, I, I've seen several stories out there of, you know, students getting frustrated with with waste and yeah. saying, hey, you know, let's let's find, there's got to be a better solution. And frankly, even if I'd done my due diligence without being a Hobart employee, it, it, it's pretty obvious when it comes to cleaning food prep, food wear that nothing is more sustainable or environmentally friendly than automated dish machines.
I talk about today's students a lot, and you know, a lot of it revolves around food um, because they are definitely way more food savvy than we were yep. when we were young. So they're, you know, they're oh, more adventurous. Yeah. They're eating more things, but um, they're also advocating for more sustainability practices mm-hmm. in the food they're being served. You know, they want to know mm-hmm. where their food's grown. Is it grown ethically? You know, those are things that we didn't think of as kids. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm older than both of you guys, but we didn't. That was nowhere near on our radar. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of the initiatives that are happening around the country to improve school food um, re- comes from kids because they're yeah. they're advocates. They they feel a need um, for their generation to to try to improve what's happening in their district and around the country and save the planet. And that definitely um, goes towards disposables as well. Um, they're mm-hmm. some of the largest drivers of those initiatives in my experience over the past, probably like five or seven years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's also a good opportunity, you know, whether, you know, everybody thinks of it this way or not, you know, that's that's an extension of the classroom, right? So maybe the conversation, you know, when a new dish machine's put in, you know, there is a conversation about, hey, this is how we're going to, you know, recycle things so we don't have to throw away. Here's how we're going to make sure things don't get thrown away, right? Because that's the big thing I hear is like, how do you stop a seven-year-old from throwing away, you know, this piece of cutlery or this? And, you know, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and, uh, you know, I, I don't have an answer for it other than education, you know, so it, it, to me, it's just a really cool opportunity to, to take some of those lessons, maybe that you typically see in earth sciences or something of that nature, and, you know, bring it into the school cafeteria or the school lunchroom, because, you know, that's a big driver of waste or, or energy usage. And if you can get more efficient there, you know, it's a great, it's a great way to start that conversation, have a dialogue. And especially if you get to feed them afterwards, right, they'll be excited to go in there and, and have that lesson. That's right. And I, and I don't think... I don't think you need to, you know, these these new sustainability practices for for districts. I mean, it doesn't have to be okay. Here's where we were. We've been this way since the '80s. We got to like change everything. You know, small changes add up as long as you continue to to do them often. So, um, my best advice for for districts is, you know, you make a couple small changes that are going to have a an impact, and then you add upon that later. Um, and and disposable trays are a great way. To start getting rid of those, and you know, mm-hmm. one of one of our our, our partners is uh, Plastic Products, and they just make some of the most beautiful um, beautiful school five compartment trays out there. And uh, using those instead of using those and a wear washing machine instead of disposables, that little change makes a huge difference. And then you start getting rid of some of the other plastics that are involved, and you know, slowly, slowly, little changes add up to big changes. Yeah, kids, kids are cognizant of, of, of recycling. I, mean, I got two boys at home, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, and they're 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 more into the recycling at home than my wife and I are. I mean, they I mean we're all into it, but you know, they if I throw one plastic bottle in the trash can, oop, dad, take that out. That's gotta go in the recycle bin. So they're it's they I you know, it's being taught in the classroom. It's something that uh, that they're very aware of. Yeah. Well, you know, more and more, we're going to be taking the leads of the of these kids because they're they're the ones that are driving change, and uh, this is a good one to focus on. Um, so I, I, we're getting ready to wrap up, guys. Is there anything else you want to add and tell our listeners before we go? Gosh, uh, how do I summarize this? You know, we you know, we love what we do, and Brian, forgive me for for speaking for you, but you know, we yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's not something we we take lightly to uh, to represent the ITW Food Equipment Group. Uh, I've never truly met a more dedicated 
hardworking group of people and and you know we all every product line has an individual or individuals and joe i know you know most of them who focus only on k-12 so you know uh, appreciate the opportunity to come in here and speak directly to your audience you know oftentimes unfortunately we don't get a ton of opportunities to to be in yet end user you know kitchens because again as i probably said multiple times you guys have so many things on your plate so to have an opportunity just to discuss something like wear wash in this forum is is really exciting and I, you know i know everybody you know here at itw just appreciates you know the community as a whole um you know regardless of kind of what takes place with our equipment you know good bad or indifferent you know we want to support that and, and hear what you have to say and get honest feedback from you so um, thanks again for the opportunity it means a lot to me excellent how about you brian yeah, thanks, Joe. I mean, K through 12 is a huge, huge uh, segment of ours, probably the biggest. And um, you know, I, I just it, it's it's I really enjoy calling on food service directors, trying to help solve their problems in the dish room, or wherever it may be in, in the cafeteria. And then um, it's it's rewarding. It's it's uh, and I've developed a lot of personal friendships like you and others uh, that I'll take with me, uh, you know, for the rest of my life. So it's it's been very rewarding. Yeah, it's it's a it's the most unique part of the the food industry I've ever been in, and I've been in a few of them. Um, it's such a lot, the K-12 industry is so large and so small at the same time. And, yep, you know, we get, we get the great opportunity to forge friendships with, uh, with people over the years that, that turn into lifelong friendships. So it's, it's awesome. I appreciate you guys, what you do and your, and your help to uh, provide school district solutions to uh, make their, the lives easier for their staff. So, um, if our listeners want to um, find out more about Hobart or any of the ITW group, um, where would they go? Yeah, so I'll speak for, for Hobart Wear Washing, at least. You know, I really encourage everybody to go to, to, to HobartClean.com. Uh, you know, every last piece of information that we have about, about wear washing is listed there, along with, you know, ways to get in, get in touch with, uh, you know, experts. I won't call myself one yet. Uh, but, you know, certainly there, there's experts here who are happy and willing to help. Um, and, you know, for ITW food equipment, they can go to itwfoodequipment.com. And that's a good, you know, kind of starting point from there. They can they can check out all of our different brands, our innovations, even our, our service portal. So it's kind of a one-stop shop there to get you where you need to go. Perfect. We've got a great website. I guess I'm biased. We got a great website, videos, testimonials, spec sheets. Um, I mean, it's it's a really really good website. Website, like Matthew said, it's got drop down boxes. You can just click on the click on the whatever brand you're interested in, and then kind of go from there. Excellent. And if any of our listeners want to hear from me personally, you can contact us at info at schoolfoodrocks.com, and we can direct you to the appropriate uh, Hobart rep in your area. All right, guys. Well, that was that was a lot of fun. Thank you for the uh, very valuable information. And that's going to do it for today's show. So until next time, let's go. Let's go.